So, Warwick, a very important question. Yes. Uh, chocolate, strawberry, or caramel sundae? Ah, oh, so the hot chocolate sundae, oh, no. the large one. I, I used to go out to dinner. How's this? How bad is this? I'd go out for this fancy dinner, skip the, the schmicko dessert at the restaurant, and go to the drive through at Macca's to get a hot fudge sundae. <laughs> that is sad. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. I hope you uh, are going through drive through in Macca's now to get your Sundays. <laughs> There's people out there just going, damn it, why did you do that to me? Now I won't be able to think about anything other than a hot chocolate sundae. Oh, caramel. Oh, I can't remember Caramel's that. better. Caramel. Yeah. Nah, I just don't get the caramel thing. I find it too sweet. Oh, no. That's a bit funny, isn't it? Caramel's yeah. too sweet. <laughs> anyway, um, I can't remember the last time I had a Macca's Sunday. It's a long, long time ago. Yeah, no, I can, I can remember. You can remember. It was yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Tradies Business Show, listeners. Great to have you with us. I'm Woz, and this is Michaela. Well, it was Michaela. Uh, <laughs> Michaela was dreaming of a Sunday just then. If you, in case you hadn't guessed, today's guest is from McDonald's, but not from McDonald's corporate. So um, Matt Grew is uh, the proud owner of two stores on the north side of Brisbane. Uh, one is actually a very, very busy store um, in a very good location. So um, I now understand why Matt has so many surfboards <laughs> and drives a couple of very nice cars. But um, but he's been involved in the business for a long time, 28 years, in fact. Yeah, and he actually did talk about or do some demyths. Actually, I thought that, you know, running McDonald's franchise was, you mm. know, easy peasy and they make lots of money and the world's sweet. And uh, that's not always the case. No, just like any other business, it uh, takes hard work and uh, need to be looking at the right thing. So some great lessons in here. Uh, we don't talk about how to make a burger, uh, but certainly about you know lessons from the McDonald's business and certainly from a franchisee's perspective as well. So really good interview and Matt's a really good guy. So I think you'll enjoy this one today. Enjoy. So joining us in the Tradies Business Show studio today is Matt Grew from, uh, well, he's not from McDonald's Corporate. Uh, Matt's got two stores uh, on the north side of Brisbane. Welcome to the studio today, Matt. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, mate. Uh, and Michaela's joining us too. Hello. <laughs> in the background there. So, uh, so Matt, you've got a couple of stores, um, pretty successful. I, I know they're in a fairly high traffic area, or one of them certainly is. And we were just chatting uh, before we hit record that it's a bit of a, uh, a drop-off, an exchange point for, I think, um, you know, parents with kids, uh, sales reps, all that sort of people, because yep. it's in a fairly high-profile location. But, mate, uh, where did all this start for you? Where did the, the whole journey start, and how did you get to be involved with the company? Oh, so it started for me when I was... 14, nine months back in those days. You had to be 14, nine months to, to start working at Macca's um, way back then. Uh, and literally, you know, started as a pimply-faced, you know, oily-haired, you know, young bloke that looking for a part-time job after school to, you know, to be able to buy his next pair of Reeboks and just uh, kind of worked my way up through all the different ranks. And, you know, 28 years later, here I am, you know, so I've, I've done done everything from... Every every position possible, you know, every management course, and then uh, about probably eight years or nine years ago, um, took the next step and became the 
franchisee of a shop up in Noosa. And we ran that for a few years and we sold that and we bought a couple down here on uh, the north side of Brisbane. Nice, mate. So uh, I have to ask, what was the wage, the hourly rate for a 14-odd-year-old pimply-faced, greasy-haired dude flipping burgers? Oh, good question. Then. You know, 28 years ago, <laughs> I, I struggled to remember what I got paid last week. So um, <laughs> probably, uh, you know, I would say you know, $6 maybe rings rings it, but that might have been 10 years ago. Big really money for a 14-year-old, mate, anyway, either way. Enough to buy me a pair of Reeboks, that's yeah, for sure. Nice. So uh, you've obviously come a long way since then, Matt. Uh, what's what's been some of the good things about working with the McDonald's brand? Well, obviously it's um it's international, so you know you use the Golden Arches anywhere, and most people have heard of it, seen of it, know what it's about. Um, I think we're the second most recognised brand in the world behind um, uh, Mickey Mouse. Uh, we're the second biggest real estate holder in the world behind the Catholic Church, Catholics. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think in Australia um, uh, we have more car parks than all the Westfields added together. You know, car park spacing. So we're a pretty pretty big organisation. So you go and you go in most places. You know, they know where you're, who you are, and where you're from, sort of thing. Yeah, so one of the big things with um, McDonald's they're known for is their systems and the way that uh, no matter what McDonald's you go to, it's going to be the same yep. and, and things like that. So um, for a lot of our listeners, they don't really see systems as, as being a key part of their business. Yep. But uh, how does it affect what you do at McDonald's and, and the key that it plays? Yeah, sure. Well, I think um, systems are, uh, you know, if you look at our our structure here in Australia, you know, we've probably got something in the vicinity of 70-odd thousand staff. So without systems, you're not going to have consistency. You know, and, you know, a Big Mac's a Big Mac, doesn't matter where you go. We still get it wrong. We're not, we, you know, we've still got humans involved, so we still boo-boo it and they still try, try to find shortcuts around the systems because they think that they know better than something that's been invented. Um, but, yeah, look, without the systems, um, our, our growth would be limited. The systems, systems allow us to be able to, to do it multiple times, multiple times over with the consistency, which then gets the uh, consumer to have some trust with that, knowing that what it is going to be, that it's going to be consistent, regardless of whether it, you know, it, it you and I like steaks differently. I don't know how you like your steak. I'm, I'm a medium rare sort of a guy. You know, oh, no, my, well done for me. Yeah, but yeah go my on. My wife's well done. Yeah, so, so. You know, how you think something should be cooked is completely different to how I think it should be cooked. So, mm-hmm. systems are put, brings it into a system, into a way that is that people can know. So, I don't cook the meat the way I would like it because I'd probably do a little bit under. If you got that, you'd be a bit dirty. So, mm. the whole point is that we, you know whichever mac is going to go into. It's going to look a certain way, taste a certain way, and be constructed a certain way. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you have a lot of new products and, and things coming online all the time. Uh, how effective is it with your systems and being able to train your staff and be able to keep that innovation going? Yeah, that's ex- exactly what it does. It allows us to uh, do new things. So the current thing we have right now is this Create Your Taste, which is where you can go in and build your own burger. So that's something that we've rolled out Australia-wide in three months. Wow. So there is no way you could do that without having systems in place that, that you can follow. And look, doing something that big on that scale across the entire country in uh, that shorter period of time absolutely pushes the systems to their capacities, but that's also where you know the success is coming from. It's it's one of the, I think, uh, resistance points from business owners, particularly um, small business, is that systems take away 
that personal element of a business and they worry that, oh, it's all going to be robotic and, um, you know, take away, I guess, the decision-making power of the staff as well. And you talked about the fact that, you know, different humans have different ideas about how things should be yeah, done. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but from a – I mean, you're a business owner within that whole uh, McDonald's um, enterprise – um, how has it actually helped you with the business, and do you see any challenges with the rigidity of those systems, Matt? Oh, look, we, you know, we are always challenging the systems. They're, they're, they're not they're not locked and loaded and set and forget. You know, they they need to be agile. They need to be malleable. They need to be able to go with the times. You know, whether it's you know doing stuff around social media, which wasn't part of something you know ten years ago, uh, definitely wasn't around when I first started. So systems have to be able to adapt to their current environments, um, but. Uh, so you need to be robust enough that you can um, have those open and honest conversations um, and be prepared that sometimes you might have a suggestion that isn't right for the bigger picture, but from what you see, you think it is. But you, know, you have to trust that we've got people in the background that pull these things apart, deconstruct it to go, no, that's not going to work in, on, a, on a larger scale. It might work as an individual guy. Um, and, and look, I, I consider myself a small business owner. I know it kind of sounds weird. Uh, and I only, own, I only own two shops, so I look at myself as a, two small businesses that I run. Um, I've got a big thing behind me, but I've got to do my own payroll. I've got to do my own ordering, my own rosters. You know, that's not done by the corporation. So you know, each of that's got to be done. You know, I do my own hiring, my own firing. I do all that myself. So I'm a small business owner inside a, a bigger corporation. Yeah, and so a important thing as well with the the systems and things that you have is also taking advantage of technology, which I know that McDonald's are great at. We now, you, I think you can order and then scan your phone when you get there and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that's it. I'm sure there's a proper name for it, uh, but uh, it's mobile ordering. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Complicated. Uh, taking advantage. So the other thing that systems allows you to do is also take advantage of technology and set you apart from your competitors as well. Absolutely, it does that. Um, and look, and at the end of the day, the systems are uh, the most empowering thing about the systems is that it allows you to focus on the business rather than being in the business. So I don't have to be there to watch every Big Mac getting cooked. I don't have to be there to watch how we serve each of our customers because I know that we have a system. So if I see something that's not right. I can refer back to something, not that this is my opinion, but here is a system and here is the documentation of how it should have been done. That wasn't done that way, which then allows me to focus on the on the bigger part of running the business rather than working in the business. And I'm sure a key part of that also is having um, measurements and, and KPIs and things like yep. that that I'm sure you have. So yep. there's something a lot of small business owners often don't have is something to measure against. Yep. How do you find them uh, with your systems Yeah, and look, it's a, it's a golden rule in Maccas that um, – you know, if you if you measure it, you go better. Yeah? Yeah. So whatever you don't measure will kind of fall off the wayside. But if you measure it um, and it's something that you're looking at regularly and benchmarking against yourself, you will then go, how do I do this better next time? How many KPIs or measurements are you looking at on a regular basis, Matt? I suspect it's a few, but uh, what are some of the main ones that you look at? Uh, so the main ones that I look at myself personally and within my business, so I look at um, – at my sales, um, and we break that down into 15-minute lots for the day. Um, I look at uh, the my my major cost contributors, which is my food cost, my labour component, um, and, and then I look at the what we falls under our QSC, quality service cleanliness. So things that directly affect the customer. So what are my service 
targets, what is my drive-through percentage, what is my drive-through percentages that are served within the time frame that we have, um, what is my kitchen um, uh, speed targets, and what is my kitchen burger counts in 15 minutes. So they're the things that I look at every morning first thing when I wake up. It's like uh, it's like washing, isn't it? You just do it every day. Every day, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it can be a little bit um, because uh, I get an email that gets sent to me every night when the the store closes, which bundles it up in a nice little package. So usually, even before I'm out of bed, I'm already reviewing the numbers, looking at the things, and figuring out who I need to go and have a chat to the next day to um, who did good and who didn't. <laughs> Because I guess in some ways, just listening to you talk about the systems and, and looking at the way McDonald's runs globally, there's there's probably a misconception perhaps by, uh, and maybe it's just by me and not all, all of our listeners tuning in, but um, it's kind of a set and forget business. You have all these great systems. All you need to do is go out and hire a bunch of, well, I think it's 16-year-olds now, but you know, a bunch of kids, they follow the system and you go surfing and just sit on a beach somewhere. Yeah, I wish. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, look, you can be successful in this business um uh but we call it it's a manual manual press so it's it's not set and forget you know if you're not in there working it with them you're not in there watching because no one cares about your business more than you do so uh you know if they they see the the old fat bloke in there waving his finger because they've dropped a slice of cheese because to me that's more than a slice of cheese it's it's money that they're dropping we're having to throw out so uh and no one will care about that slice of cheese more than, than me in my business. So by me being in there regularly and by being um, having those touch points with my, with my team um, absolutely helps keep them engaged and understanding what it is my expectations. So a big part of the McDonald's success and brand is service and, and your staff. So what do you find, especially with hiring younger staff, how do you hire and motivate younger staff? Because I know a lot of our um, listeners struggle with that, the, the Gen Ys and Gen Xs or whatever is next. Yeah, look, it, it doesn't make any difference Gen Y, Gen X, Gen you know, ABC. Yep. You know, they're all the same. You know, it, you know, I truly, and I've been doing it for 28 years, so 90% of the population is good. Five percent is outstanding, and five percent you go. How did they get here? Yeah. So, you know. So, how I've, do you find that five percent of the outstanding? You hire a hundred, and you get five good ones. So it literally is that. It is you know you, you, we have the best systems in you know in place for our hiring, and we still get the five percent other people that I look at them and go, I wouldn't feed this person. I wouldn't. You know, how how do they get through the the stringent controls? But you know. People present well in interviews and are different in the real world. And so th- that's just, you know, sometimes you've got to take a couple on the chin. But for, the, for, for that, those people, you've got 90% are great. And then you've got 5% that are just outstanding. And they more than make up for that. And that's just like the real world. Because a lot of uh, tradies that I talk to and certainly a lot of businesses that I've worked with over the years, they're searching for that 5% of the outstanding people. And almost discounting the 90% yeah. who are actually not bad. No, and look, that 90%, yeah, they're the workhorses. They're the ones that, that, that shoulder the largest part of the burden. They're the ones that are you know, they're consistent. They turn up day in, day out. Um, and you've got to go through that 90% to find the 5% because if you don't know what the good, solid worker is, you don't know how good the outstanding worker truly is. And then when you find that outstanding worker... You hold on with both hands and you do whatever you can to, you know, to, to incentivize them and to keep them in the business. 
What are some ways you do that, Matt? I mean, not asking you to share uh, commercial secrets here, but um, I doubt there'd be any of the Mecca store owners listening. But um, how do you keep those good people and motivate them? And also the 90% too. I mean, what do you do to actually keep those workhorses engaged and, and motivated? Oh, I think, I mean, it, it's really not rocket science. Sometimes I think people make it, you know, seem like it's uh, you know, more complicated than it needs to be. You know, for the most part, a positive, encouraging word goes a really long way. Um, you know, most people are just happy to hear, you know, good job when they did a good job. You know, um, most people get, you know, when things aren't right, we, we're happy to jump up and down and, you know, shake the fist and say a few bad words. But when things are either, you know, good or even better, we very rarely actually go out of our way to say, hey, you know what, you know, that was good, good service, you know, whether it's a restaurant or, or in a, you know, hamburgers, you know, we very rarely do we as a consumer go to that Hey, thanks for yeah. You did a great job serving me. Or, or that food I got today was you know was better than good. So I, I'm going to go say thanks because just that, that sort of stuff. So with me and my guys, I thank them. And um, you know, with some of my team that are more you know in that five percent, you know, I, I go over and above. And I, and but and they know it's over and above, and it's not anything to do with the business that I do. So it's, I, it's I'm involved in their lives in a. You know, I don't you know, step, overstep any lines. When I'm involved in their lives, I'm, I'm supportive of their lives outside of the business, um, knowing that if they get that side of it also sorted, that um, it helps them be more focused when they're in my business. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm empathetic, you know, whether you know, if they've got kids or, or whatever, to get, making sure they spend time with their kids. Um, you know, little, little, little things here or there, you know, whether it's buying a laptop computer for them or, or something, you know, just... And it's never expected, you know, one of my guys broke a computer, I just go went and bought them a new one because they're in that 5%. So that's just something that, yeah, little things like that, Hear, hearing their problems and just talking about stuff outside of work, that's what we do as well. So I care about I care about them as an overall person, not just as a worker. Yeah, and that's great to see that you, and you understand too if they're happy outside of work, they're going to perform better at work as well. Absolutely. And- I don't think a lot of bosses do pay attention to that. You know, when you're here between nine and five, you know, you're on and you should be right. Everything else going in their life does affect what they do in that day. So yeah, absolutely. Being able to understand that, but also help and, and reach other goals perhaps that they have in their life will yeah. help you. Yeah, and look, it's sometimes giving them access to contacts I might have at the bank, uh, you know, if they're going for a loan. Um, sometimes it's uh, uh, giving them some access, you know, tips on how to save money for a deposit or for something. Um, sometimes it's giving them tips of how to manage a relationship with their sister or or with a, a loved one, you know, because you know, I've got sisters, I've had to manage those relationships. And, and uh, so, so sometimes it's just hearing that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, you hear the old expression, you know, which is what you're saying, you know, leave your problems at the door, walk walk in here. You know. I always say to my guys, that's just, that's just, you know, that's just crap. You know, you, you know, if you're having a fight with a wife or, you know, the, you know whatever, you can't, going to work and go, I don't have a fight with my wife. I'm really happy. Life's great. You know, that doesn't happen. But <laughs> but what I do say to them is like, it doesn't happen, but you can actually come in here and escape from that. Whatever that problem is, you can escape for it for eight hours. And for eight hours, you can actually not have to think about that because as soon as you finish and get back home, you're going to be back into where that, whatever that problem was will still be there. Yeah. Here's a chance to escape. So I actually use this as a chance to get away from it and to, to – um, you know, distract yourself with something else so you're not just living in that problem for 24 hours. It's, it's an interesting way of just changing that perception, Matt, and uh, and I really like that. I'm going to use that when I have a blue with my wife next. But, uh, 
I'm just going to go and escape into my work. Maybe that's why we're fighting. No. Um, I, I suppose, uh, you know, McDonald's is a franchise, and we've had a few franchise um, founders on the show uh, that we've interviewed. We've had, um, you know, Hira Hubby and and uh, some other um, franchise founders. Joy Hobbs. Uh, and Paleo Cafe. G'day, Joy, if you're still listening to the show, mate, uh, from the Paleo Cafe. Um, but talking to you as a franchisee within a, a behemoth of an organisation, yeah. as from a franchisee's perspective, what's some of the good and the bad, or maybe the good and the not-so-good, Matt? I doubt you'll give us the bad, but um, of, of being part of the Macca's franchise. Oh, look, so, look, I'm, I'm, I'll put it out there, warts and all that, so all right. Um, so the good is, you know, I don't have to think about a lot of things. You know, a lot of the, the systems are, already, are done by somebody else. I've just got to implement them. Uh, you know, the marketing is taken care of by a whole creative team. We've got a team that go out looking for the real estate. We've got a team that look after, um, you know, all the all the big stuff. So I don't have to think about that sort of stuff. So that's the good. You know, I don't have to think about what the next thing is. I've got, we've got a whole departments to do that. So all I've got to do is when they give me the the information and when they tell me this is what we're doing, I've got to trust within the organisation that I've signed up for, and I've then got to execute that to the best of my ability. That's 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 the good part. Uh, the bad part is sometimes I might think that what we're doing is not the smartest move or whatever, and sometimes that's, you, you've got to suck that up and roll with the punches. Um, and really, that's the, that's the worst part. Um, for the most part. The, the good the good of the business outweighs that. Now, every job has its pros and cons. Everything has its pros and cons. As, as long as there are more pros than there are cons, then let it rip. Got a question you want answered on the show? Go to tradiesbusinessshow.com. So, Matt, uh, started at 14. Sounds like it's been a pretty good journey. A uh, couple of stores, heaps of time for surfing, but we won't tell your, uh, your physiotherapist <laughs> that, mate. Um but what about the the lessons, mate? There must have been some challenges and some learning experiences along the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What's been the main ones for you? Yeah, look, I'm um, I'm not uh, university educated. I'm um, dyslexic, uh, and I'm you know, a high school year twelve kind of. That's about as far as my education goes. So I was saying to you guys before that I've made plenty of mistakes in this business, and um, whenever I make mistakes, it costs me more money. I, I refer to them as my dumb tax. You know, I've got to pay my dumb tax and learn the hard way. So. I've made some major boo-boos, um, and most of those have been just around not managing my finances effectively um, and not understanding my finances. So uh, everything from my old accountant used to just give me the stuff and I'd just sign it, and whilst the sun was shining and the birds were singing, that was fine. Um, once things tightened up a little bit and all of a sudden it's like I had to start looking at things, it's like, well, why are we doing it that way? So, uh, and it's not until you're... Um, wet weather account you know the saving for the rainy day account um runs out that you really realize how um how important it is to understand you know all of your financing everything from your interest rate to your loans to your overdraft and to your uh uh to to your financing of you know we why do mine in commercial bills so understanding what percentage rate they're running at and when you not just the rate that they quote, but the rate when they throw in the fees and the monthly charges. You have to factor all that sort of stuff in. So, uh, you know, we went through you know, a solid four-year period there where, you know, it was costing me money to keep the doors open, you know, month after month after month. So, uh, which wiped out that weather account, which is lucky I had it. 
I was um, going to say, not a lot of people have a wet weather account. Correct. Yeah. And so it's good that, A, that you had it but yeah. to, to draw on. But it's something we go on about all the time is knowing your numbers, yeah. knowing the financials of your business. And, you know, it might be a drag to sit down and look at them or, or have them reporting regularly. But yep. absolutely, it's so critical. And this is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Understanding every, 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 every last cent where it goes and where, it, and where, where your commitments are. So knowing what your next payment's going to be, when it's going to come out, you know, my, my wife is all over that like a fat kid in a cupcake. She knows, you know, on the you know, 7th of July, the next payment's coming out. It's going to be this. So we're going to make sure we've got the money sitting in the account. Um, or that might be top, top, dropping us into maybe overdraft. So she's got to grab some money from the, you know, the B account, make sure it's in there so we don't pay the overdraft percentage fees and all that sort of stuff. So it's my, managing those, those dollars and cents um, to the nth degree so that you... You know, and with things getting better in the world now, the GFC isn't as big issue as it is, and the world is becoming you know, back into a normal place. You know, the Aussie dollar's down, which is bad for if you're going to travelling, but for businesses in Australia, it's good. It means people are staying in Australia and spending money in Australia. Um, it means that we're going to start seeing some returns happening back within our Australian economy. So what I will do differently with with my wet weather account into the future will be completely different to what I did now and and when I have you know the sun singing and the birds are you know chirping and the you know blue skies uh, I probably will buy less toys and less um <laughs> less silly things and uh just be a little bit smarter with my investments and I'm a little bit older too which I suppose yeah. means I need to think about you know I probably only got another 20 years in me before I you know need to do something else so you know 10 years ago i had 30 years so i probably yep. was prepared to have a few more toys and take a few more risks so getting through those tough times what do you think's helped you besides knowing your numbers but what helps you now you know get more sunshine date birds are chirping kind of days yeah it's important to celebrate the little wins um and it's important to um you know as i said before i'm dyslexic so i you know i really struggle with reading and and with numbers and maybe that's half the problem with my numbers getting them wrong around the wrong way um, but really keeping a positive attitude, um, surround yourself, find people in your world that will be supportive and positive. Plenty of doom and gloom. I literally choose not to watch the news because I don't want to see, you know, there's enough bad stuff going on. I don't want to see it reported there because that's all that gets on the news. So I don't watch the news. That's a, a choice that I make. You know, you listen to the radio or you'll, you'll hear if there's anything major happening. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to watch the news. There's enough bad things. I, f- I have good friends. Um, I've got, you know, I've got, um, you know, my my faith in my God as well, which is you know, something, something for me, which is something that I rely on, and and absolutely have you know, conversations with him and uh, whatever else. But uh, having a network of people um, that are not in my business is really important. That I actually have that will talk when I'm having my bad days. They they know me, they they love me, they they care for me. So therefore, they're gonna when I'm having my bad days, I'm gonna they're gonna pump my tires up, and and I do it for them too when they're having their bad days. And don't forget, Matt, you've got CrossFit. Oh, my CrossFit is the. Uh, it's, it's, I love it. You know, it's exactly that. It's that. It is that network of people that uh, you have a one common interest, and it's it's it is an encouraging environment. And that's you know the world just doesn't have enough of that. You know, I read a post the other day which said, you know, CrossFit's the sport where the loudest cheers are saved for the last finisher, and that's just something that doesn't happen in this world. And that's what I love about CrossFit is that environment that is there.
And uh, so long-time listeners will know that I'm, uh, I'm also one of those crazy CrossFitters, and that's how Matt and I met. Uh, but um, perhaps a little bit of conflict there. I, I'd love to know how many of, of the people at our particular CrossFit gym actually eat at McDonald's, mate. I mean, how, how does the brand and perhaps how do you um, counter some of the, I guess, bad press that's out there about McDonald's and the food and everything else? I don't counter it. That's not my job. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell somebody they should be eating. I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't be eating it. Um, you know, you know, to me, the world is everything should be in moderation. It's when we go to excess in anything where we have issues. So whether we're talking about, you know, if we did nothing but eat apples, that's taken to excess, that ain't going to be good for the body. That's not going to give you a balanced diet. So having a burger here and there is um, not a bad thing. You know, having it as a treat. You know, with this new C- CYT thing I was telling you about earlier, We've now gone for me, which I'm paleo. Um, I've got a lettuce leaf instead of a bun. I can have my meat and my egg and my my beetroot. Um, So it can absolutely fulfill the need today. So, yeah. Just one thing I want to step back is something you talk about, which I don't think um, guys in particular do enough, and that's actually chatting and talking about their down days. Can we not talk about that, please? (laughs) So I think that's so key to yep. get across how important it is to actually say, you know what, I'm having a shit day, I'm having yep. a fight with the wife, the kids are driving me nuts, I just need to let go of some stuff. So a lot of guys find that really hard to yep. do. And how do you, I mean, it's obviously having people that you can trust yep. and talk to, but how do you feel it makes you know things better for you when you actually talk about things? Yeah, so first of all, what happened for me was when I had my tough time, um, when I had my four years of shit in the fan, um, I don't. I'm not a very good reader because of my dyslexia. So I did a lot of audio books. So I probably did about thirty audio books in a year, um, and one of those was a book, uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. So, um, and that one actually talks about having a uh, uh, a mastermind network of people, which is people that you hang out with that you then can converse with. That shouldn't be from your industry; should be from different industries. Uh, so a lot of my people that I hang out with, and uh, I do that with. Uh, um, most of them are from my local church that I attend. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I haven't figured out yet. It's working for me. Well, it's a good thing if it's working Correct. for you. Hey. Um, and look, th- at the end of the day, it, it takes time to build up that relationship with people that you can feel that you can share. Um, and it is literally, you know, we've had in that group of guys, we've had some guys share some pretty intimate or personal or financially troubling sort of stuff. And not often are we doing anything for them. You know, we're not saying, well, yeah here's some money or you know, here's my bank manager or whatever. It's, it's, it's the problem shared is the problem half. By just talking about it, it actually just enables them to just have a look at it and then all of a sudden just knowing that people were there just to support you um, and in our case, you know, pray for you as well, which is just just means that you don't feel like you're in it, you're in it alone. Mm. I think it's so important what you said there where, you know, you're not there to solve their problems. You're just there to listen. That's it. And guys, you know, I'm, I'm generalising here, but go into problem solving straight away. Yeah. But sometimes the biggest help you can be is just to listen. Yeah, and which is funny because that's exactly what this group that I hang out with. That's what we do. We just listen. We talk. We, you know, we'll ask for advice and sometimes get it. But you know, my wife will come home and say something to me, and I will go straight into problem solving mode with her. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm good with my mates <laughs> and listening, but with the wife, I still try to solve her problems and I get in trouble for it. <laughs> I think that's a problem for every male yeah. that's uh, in a long-term relationship with a member of the opposite sex. Uh, so, um, Matt, one of the questions we love to ask our guests on the show is if you had a thousand tradies in the room, apart from serving each and every one of them a Big Mac, yep. uh, mate, what's one piece of advice that you would love to leave them with? I've got many friends that are tradies. Um, and the one thing I always shake my head at is that I don't think that they value themselves enough. I don't think that they see enough value in them as as uh, people and as business owners. And I think that they need to think bigger than themselves and to uh, to try to think beyond John Smith Electrical or John Smith Concreting and maybe call it something that, that is something that they can grow and sell. Because you know, most traders, you know, when they finish work, they they've got a you know, full of tools or whatever else, and they're done. You know, they, they're not selling anything. So you're working, working hard, and you know, at least with me, when I finish, I sell my business, and I get. You know, that's my golden handshake. You know, traders don't get that, so I think they just need to think bigger, and think bigger than what they are. And it, enough of them do it. There's money in it. There's some cha- challenges and some risks, but you know, at the end of the day, when you finish, you then sell sell it, mm-hmm. and. And nothing comes easy. You know, nothing comes easy. So, you know, you can have your tools and bad knees or you can, you know, have a business that you've worked hard for that actually has value in it. And I think it's so important what you say is that they don't value themselves enough. Yeah. It's just so they don't think that they can have a great business. They think they can just work for themselves and that'll be happy days. Yeah, there's a lot more longevity if they employ other people to do the work and then they work on the business rather than in the business. You know, they... You're not on the tools, so all of a sudden they can do that for a little bit longer. Sure, you're managing people and you're managing clients, but it's better than um, pushing around the tools. And you know, you, you got got the understanding, so none of the young bucks can get anything over you either. Well, it's certainly great advice, Matt, and it's nice to hear somebody else uh, banging on about it other than Michaela and myself. So there you go, listeners. Uh, value yourself more, and I think Michaela and I might do an episode just around that particular topic. So, um, Matt, thanks so much for coming into the studio today. I know you're a busy man. You've got a couple of stores and lots of staff and heaps of numbers for you to go and look at. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, look, uh, if you want to, if we want to find out more about you, I guess, you know, you've got a couple of stores there. Uh, you're at Bribey Island and what's, what's the other store? Uh, the other one's Bribey Interchange. Bribey Interchange, on okay. Drive in Caboolture, yeah. Which is literally just off the Bruce Highway on the north side of Brisbane. So if you happen to be traveling through that area, stop in and ask for Matt and I'm sure he'll show you his burger flipping skills. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, thanks again for coming in today, no mate. Worries. Much appreciated. Thanks, thanks for having me. Would you like fries with that, Warwick? I would. I would love some fries with my <laughs> hot chocolate fudge sundae thing. You know, I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about Maccas all day today. And I might have to slip out and just get a sneaky large fries because no. they're like they're like almost paleo. <laughs> well, you can have you know your paleo stuff now. I know it's not the same. Well, I don't think it's the same. A lettuce leaf with a yeah. patty in and a bit of it ain't no Big Mac. It doesn't sound quite as good, does it? Um, thanks again to Matt Grew. Uh, awesome interview. The biggest thing for me that Matt talked about, and, and I bang on about this all the time, is looking at your numbers. So actually having the right measurements in your business, and it's a an axiom within a lot of businesses, uh, and it is within Maccas as well, that what gets measured um, gets improved. So 
Um, it should be the same in your business as a tradie. Figure out what you need to be measuring and looking at and testing uh, and look at those daily. I, I, uh, I don't know if you picked up on that, listeners, but every 15 minutes. So they're actually looking at their sales figures, their costs and everything in 15-minute increments. That's some pretty detailed measurement right there. It is, and I don't recommend that you check your numbers before you get out of bed each day. That's probably not the best way. You should be, you know, meditating and being one with the world and yep. not checking your business numbers that early in the day, but certainly when you get to the office or on the tools. Absolutely. So um, if you'd like to figure out which numbers you should be checking and perhaps uh, even get some templates that can help you to start doing that today, uh, go and join the Tradies Business Toolkit. So it's only a dollar for the first 30 days, and then it's 27 bucks a month after that. You'll get instant access to templates, uh, to some actual uh, measurement systems, so pretty much done the work for you. You can go and download those straight away. Uh, there's a couple of recorded webinars up already, and there's monthly webinars with Mikado and myself talking about topics just like KPIs and measurements, recruitment, all those sorts of things. Uh, perhaps even better than all of that is you get access to the private Facebook group. So Michaela and I are checking in there on a daily basis and there's been some great conversations in there, Michaela, lately about uh, all sorts of issues that some of our tradies toolkit members are having. That's right. So how they want their car signage to look, um, promotion ideas, dealing with staff, all kinds of things. And it's great hearing other tradies hopping in and t- sharing their experiences and stuff like that. Absolutely. So Go check it out, tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. It's a dollar for the first 30 days. That's your trial period. Um, there's no restrictions on your access. So you could literally go and pay a dollar, download all the stuff, and then bugger off. But we know you wouldn't do that because you're a tradie. And, uh, and you just forget you got the membership and stay there. <laughs> and then it's 27 to stick around after that. And what you should also do while you're online is check out our show supporters of face-to-face training. So if you're looking at getting some um, certificates for your staff, up training, some management or leadership training for yourself, uh, head to the guys at face2face.edu.au and you may or may not get some government rebates. It actually doesn't cost you anything, but check with them because, you know, there's terms and conditions and stuff. We don't know what we're talking about. No. Uh, so... Great interview with Matt. Uh, thanks again for coming into the studio, Matt. Awesome to talk to a Macca's franchisee. Some awesome lessons in there. And, um, yeah, if ever you're on the north side of Brisbane, stop in and uh, grab a Big Mac off the guys. All right, time to go to the drive-through. Right, Righto, let's go. Woo-hoo. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.